Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Same Old Arsenal podcast. Hope you liked our new intro. Um, gladly provided by Young Cookie. Who is to the left of me? Good evening, young man. Hello, Amanda. Thank you for the kind words. That was an absolute delight to put together that intro. I loved it. It's fantastic. Young Christopher, how are we tonight? I am feeling fantastic and very happy that we managed to avenge Patrick Vieira. Avenge. We're going to come to that shortly. Everybody in the chat room, good evening. It's lovely to see you all. I'm just going to put a few comments up. My lovely Jobo, good evening all. Nigel Plum, Jobo, evening. Hello all. Oh, look at Carl Stark. Love the new intro. That's so cool. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Again, it's just so fantastic to say good evening to everybody top of the league. Good evening to everybody that are eight points clear. Hello, everybody. So, on this lovely Monday evening where we're not normally live, but because due to Mother's Day yesterday and me being out with my son post-game, we've decided to go live tonight. So, thank you all for joining us. Everybody on audio, we hope to have the audio up later tonight as well so you can enjoy everything without seeing our faces. Right, boys. So, Christopher, you weren't at the game yesterday, were you? I was not. I was playing the good son card and um, uh, respecting my mother on Mother's Day by spending all of my time in the kitchen shouting at the TV uh, and the stream that I got on. uh, And she just disappeared off for two hours (laughs) whilst I watched the football. But I gave her a lovely roast beef dinner. So, you know, it's all good. You spoilt your mum. Good. So me and Cookie, we were at the game yesterday and Cookie... Okay, so I'm not sure about you. What did you think of the atmosphere the first hour or so? Was it just me or not? Um, do you mean in terms of it feeling a little bit subdued? Mm, that's what I thought. 
Yeah, I mean, there were peaks and troughs, weren't there? Um, I think definitely after we scored, it, it got a bit better. But I think this is where we get into your old friend, the drum, where it maybe plays, <laughs> Bring back uh, the drum. <laughs> where it maybe plays a bit of a part in, you know, I don't want to say it's detrimental to the atmosphere, but it certainly is overriding. I thought it was so loud yesterday that it was almost Oh, my like... God, are you on my side now? Oh, well, I, you know, look, I, I can see both sides to it. I love what the Ashburton Army are doing. I think they're really, really good in terms of bringing atmosphere to the stadium. But the drum, yeah, it does kind of obstruct some of the chants when they get going, like particularly the North Bank clock end chant. That that seems to get disrupted a little bit by it. But look, I can't I can't slate them because what they are doing is fantastic. Oh, it's brilliant. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, it's just one of those games, I think, where there was that, I don't want to say hangover because, you know, what hangover but um after the feeling of thursday night there was that slight bit of deflation but in the end i thought the atmosphere was fantastic as i was leaving the ground it was fantastic just a real party atmosphere at the end of it so before we got into the ground chris i don't know if uh, cookie saw this but i saw the ashburton army i saw all the flares i was at the top of the stairs at the armory um I don't know where how you wouldn't to the left of the armory at the top, and I watched it all come under and up the stairs singing, and I love them. I don't like the drum, but I think what they're doing is absolutely fantastic. They were singing coming up the stairs. The atmosphere was incredible. It was like a party outside. However, why I mentioned it is I felt it was a little bit subdued. Um, you know, me and the guy, excuse me, next to me, who sits next to me, we both said it felt like Boxing Day. You know, that quietness. I mean, we're not quiet, but it just felt quieter than normal. Did you notice that on the TV, Chris, or not? It's a bit more difficult to notice it on the TV. I mean, I thought the atmosphere was still there, but I think what, what we need to do is we need to almost calibrate what we've heard this season with what's happening now and what's happened in previous seasons. So compared to three seasons ago, it is still very, very loud. Team are, they still get behind the team. There is still, we're still chanting. We're still singing. The atmosphere is still really, really good. I think what I'm putting this down to is we're on the home straight now, guys. We are literally 10 games away. I'm even getting goose pimples just talking about it right now. Like literally, if you could see, if this was high definition enough, you would see I'm getting a little bit excited in my own skin right now. And I think what's happening is when you get to the game, when you're on, when you're watching it on TV, I'm watching those, I'm watching the game. And until that first goal goes in, I spent the whole time with my arms folded in front of the TV, just swearing or shouting every random instance. So I think it's just, this is just what we've all got to suck it up because this is just going to be 10 games of nervousness and worry. Hopefully we get more games like that game yesterday and we can get a few goals up in uh, in matches like Leeds in two weeks' time. But I think it's purely because we're now at that, as as a famous old uh, scout, scout, a Scotsman once said, the squeaky bum time. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was I tweeted this morning about, oh, my God, it's so real. It's 10 games. It's squeaky bum time. So many people had a go at me that don't watch this podcast because I always go on at you two, just one game at a time. Let's not worry about the next. I don't know who we're playing. I actually only know we're playing Leeds because when I walked out the ground yesterday, he said the next time you're back is April the 1st against Leeds because obviously I know it's the Interdoll next weekend. And I remember thinking, they're telling me off and I'm the one that says, no, we just play game by game. But I do believe, and you know, we're going to talk about this, but let's talk about, let's go back to a little bit of Thursday night, a, against Sporting. 
you know, realistically, we, <laughs> we didn't actually lose. We drew both games. Martinelli missed the penalty and we're out. You know, I felt... I felt sorry for Martinelli, but I had a feeling it wasn't going to affect him yesterday, James. I had a feeling, I don't think we had any European hangover whatsoever. I don't think it affected anyone at all, to be honest. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, hangover, what hangover? The players were as professional as they possibly could have been. And Martinelli in particular, you wouldn't think he'd played 120 minutes and missed a penalty because... I mean, he was fantastic. Like his whole his whole game was brilliant. The goal was brilliant, but I mean, his work rate, his effort, and I'm pretty sure he played the entire game as well, or most of it. So, um, what a performance from him! What a professional! And I could say that for everyone else on on the team. But I think the way we approached this game, I don't know if you felt it as well, but it just felt so different. And it wasn't that the obviously you know there were some changes in the team, but that team we put out on Thursday was very strong. Um, and despite going back to our strongest eleven on Sunday, just the mentality shift in the way we played, the way we dominated from the opening minutes almost, even though you know we weren't having chance after chance after chance, but our play was just so much more intricate. I felt on Thursday we couldn't string two passes together. It was just really sloppy. It really wasn't an Arsenal performance. Whereas. Sunday was completely different and it was so positive and I am frustrated to be out of the Europa League because I remember when we did a podcast way earlier on in the season and I would have bitten your hand off for top four and the Europa League like that for me would have been a good season and I was kind of viewing the Europa League as insurance if we don't win the league because I would still love you know I, I would love a league in Europa double but looking at the fixtures that we've got coming up and some of the tough games we've got, I think if you were to throw Europa League tie into the mix in front of some of them, especially as we'd have gotten Juventus in the next round as well, like it would have pushed his team to breaking point, I think, especially with the recent injuries that we've got. So I think we do have to look at it as a blessing in disguise. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's never nice to go out of a competition, but certainly wins like yesterday make it a lot more palatable. I just felt very sorry for Martinelli on Thursday night. Um, he's playing phenomenal. I think he's got six in six since Agbonlaho. Are you impressed that I actually said it correct this week? You've been yeah. researching, haven't you? I bet I know, before the show I... tonight, you repeatedly said, Carl, I'm just going to say a word to you again and again and again. Agbonlaho, Agbonlaho, Agbonlaho. Agbonlaho. It's, um, I think it's absolutely fantastic that every time Martinelli has scored since he said he was rubbish, that I tweet talk sport every time. I know I'm immature, I know I'm childish, but for, for Agbon Lahore to come out and say Martinelli is rubbish and then for him to go and play like this it is just great. So, do you know what? My, my thoughts on the Europa League are a little bit different, James. At the beginning of the season, I wanted to win it and get top four. That, that, was, that was what I not predicted, but wanted. That's what I thought this season could bring. I never, ever dreamt it would bring us on the 20th of March, eight points clear of Man City. I'm sorry, I think anyone that if we'd have said that to would have thought we were absolutely for the mental asylum. However, we are. So the Europa would have been lovely to have won it. We all wanted to go to Budapest. We were saying that, weren't we, last week? However, is it wrong that I'm not that fussed? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so my my issue with going out of the Europa League, I will fully admit, is entirely predicated on the fact that I don't get I have not been to many European away days and I tried to go to Sporting Lisbon, but they jacked the prices up. So for me, the idea of going to Turin is quite exciting. The idea of potentially getting to Budapest was quite exciting. So I admit that 
selfishly because I'm a season ticket holder. I've got a few away points. I can get to go to the game. I'm lucky. I, I fully admit that. But that's where that's why that's why my disappointment comes. If I if you look at the cold light of day, I would I would say that had we not picked up the injuries, I still feel the squad is good enough to compete on two fronts. But as mm. soon as those injuries come in, suddenly you're looking at the fact that this weekend we've had to play Rob Holding totally fine in a, a ball-dominant game where we're going to have most of the ball and Palace are going to threaten rarely. But if you're missing both Tomiyasu and or Saliba for any period of time and you've got to rely on Rob Holding for Liverpool away, West Ham away, um, Man City away, Chelsea at home, that's when it gets a bit scary. So from that, I can totally understand why people are saying let's just throw the Europa. We're not going to be in it next season. Um, I think we're only something like three or four, three wins away from automatically qualifying for the top four, something like that, given the points differential with the scum. So yeah, I can get, I get it. But personally, I wanted that away day. That's fair enough. And yeah, of course. I mean, obviously if we weren't where we were, where we are, I would be devastated because it'd be another season of nothing. However, I just feel that the league is priority. And for me, I want everyone fit and healthy for the league games coming up. Um, it's just, it was just lovely to watch that when they came out yesterday, they didn't, they didn't start slow. They were, they were at them the whole time. And I will give credit to Crystal Palace here. Not one bit of time wasting, not one bit of shithousery. They did not park the bus as well. They came to play. And it was lovely, wasn't it, James? There was no booing, no idiotic stuff by the goalkeepers, no feigning injuries. No, and um, I mean, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Palace. I used to do a bit of work with them a couple of years ago. So they're a club that um, I've seen the insides of. And I know that they're, you know, very old school in the way they do things. And they're just like a very respectable team to have in the Premier League. Obviously, they've not always been a, an easy opponent for Arsenal. Um, we mm. struggled going to Selhurst Park in recent years. Still have kind of scars of the defeat we had there last season, which was horrible. And um, they've been pretty tricky customers at the Emirates as well. It's not always been an easy task there. I mean, we all know what happened with Granite Xhaka in this fixture. Um, you know, they held us to a draw at the Emirates last season. They, they've had a couple of wins over us. I mean, I still remember our top four challenge kind of collapsing under Emery when we lost at home to Crystal Palace so they're not a team that I enjoy playing and I mean they have had a very good defensive record this year despite not scoring a lot of goals I think that's where the problem has been for Palace is that going forward they just offer next to nothing which is kind of what we saw yesterday Um, although I've got to admit I was a little bit scared when they hit the post and they had the first uh, real chance of the game and they had that, that other chance as well when we were 3-1 up, if they made it 3-2 with something like half an hour to go, that would have been really, really squeaky bum time. But um, they're, they're a good team and uh, I'm, I'm a bit gutted that um, Vieira went because I think if you, you know, company pointed it out, if you look at the run of results they just had, they played some really hard teams in that in, in that run and they're not conceded a huge amount of goals. So it's not like they were kind of spiralling into, in, into relegation. Um, they're in a precarious position, but... Um, you know that they, they are a team that has got quality. I do think it helped us that uh, Anderson um, had to withdraw in the warm up because you know it was yeah. very favourable coming up against uh, James Tompkins, who's very much a bit part player for Crystal Palace. But look, we got the job done. Palace are are, are a solid team, and you know, like I say, I've got a soft spot for them. And I hope they uh, they manage to stay up this season. 
Can I just jump in on a couple of bits there that, that Cookie just said? So, um, the well, what you said right at the beginning, Amanda, with the you know they weren't feigning injury and stuff. I wonder if that's down to game state because we scored on twenty eight minutes, and so there's almost not, not enough time to start the time wasting. But also because they'd created a couple of chances, they're there. You're in the mindset of that first third of the game where you're kind of thinking, actually. We could, if we take our chances, you know, we could catch Arsenal cold here potentially. So I think maybe that game state. So as soon as we scored that first one, you know, them time wasting doesn't really help them. And then when we get the second one, Bukayo Saka on 43 minutes, it's almost like, well, there's definitely no point in time wasting now. So I think game state happens. If it if it goes to 60 odd minutes with it nil nil, you're probably going to get quite a bit of that. And you just need to accept it now, you know, with the best up until this point the best team in the league and you're going away to the best team in the league if you can nick a point then you've done really really well but i think what uh cookie what you just said about anderson i think that's a really important point because if you remember that i've not watched a lot of palace but i remember that first game in the season his long ball distribution is one of their assets mm. so one of the things that they they look to do well, they should have looked to do, but i don't think they had people that had the ability to do it is that long diagonal um, over the top of holding shoulder. And I think they did it once in the second half and they caught him up completely. And I had fears of them just doing that. Sit in, sit in, long diagonals because he's got Anderson's got good distribution and you just set, set Zaha or set Elise or set while chasing. But because they didn't have that from the back, what it meant was they lost one of probably one of their most potent sort of threats that they were looking to catch us cold. So like you said, I think it actually did us a massive solid. I think if they go down this season, Palace, Anderson, dare I say, is someone that we should potentially be looking at as that upgrade on Rob Holding, but not that one to displace Saliba. I think he'd be perfect for the way we play football. I mean, he's got that perfect ball on him. He's a really good defender as well. He would be a really good replacement for Rob Holding, I think. Um, Okay, so I just want to talk to you, actually. Um, Are we concerned about the injury to Saliba? Yes. A thousand times, yes. Right, Cookie, I saw your tweets yesterday about you're okay with holding, but you don't want him at Anfield. Is that what you were alluding to? That's not what I'm alluding to. That's that's just fact right there. I'm terrified <laughs> about the prospects of Rob holding at Anfield. Look, I, I, I'm not going to go into this too much because I'm, I'm conscious I'm stealing too much of the limelight here, but holding was really good yesterday really impressive his performance and if he comes in against Leeds as well which I suspect he might do uh, I would hope he'd replicate that performance but there was still kind of errors in holding's games yesterday where he did need to get bailed out at times by his defensive uh, compatriot and look you know, I, I've not got an issue with that. For the most part, I, I thought he was as good as, if not better than Gabriel in the game. I thought he was fantastic. Um, but it's just like you said earlier, Chris, if we have to rely on him for an extended period of time, that's where it becomes a problem. It's, and I'd say the exact same about someone like Mohamed Elneny. They're okay to fill in for these sort of games where we're going to dominate the ball and they're the games that we should win. Um, but if it's for a trip to Anfield, a trip to City, a trip to Newcastle, I'd have big, big, Big concerns over that. Yeah, me too. 100%. Do you know what I would also say, just to adding to that? So if you think about... It's, it's, a, it's an unfair comparison because we all know that Saliba's a better defender but, than Rob Holding. But if you look at the whys and the, the detail behind that, distribution-wise, there was a once or twice when people would see said yesterday that I saw on my Twitter feed, oh, look at Rob Holding playing that, that long pass. 
I swear to God, I think I've been moaning about long Rob Holding's long ball distribution for about five years, six years. He's not great at it, but he managed to complete one or two passes yesterday. Fine. Tick. Well done. You've done it. You, you've done well. So Saliba's distribution, I think we can all agree, is infinitely better, um, both on the deck and in the air. But what Saliba also does, which is a really, it's kind of scary, but it's also a brilliant tactic. When he's got the ball, he draws players really close to him. And then he's got the ability to turn and manoeuvre his body to get past players. And actually that takes, if you draw defenders towards you or draw attackers towards you, and then you release the ball, you've basically opened up space. Rob Holding doesn't do that because he's not as good with the ball at his feet and he's not as confident. So uh, immediately you don't have to press Rob Holding because you know he's not going to he's not going to distribute the ball very well so that that's another sort of issue that Saliba gives that, that um gives us and then there's the other stuff in a foot race Saliba's going to win rob holding is a perfectly serviceable deep block you know edge of the box you know nodding balls away if you give me rob holding when when an opposition opposition team has got a corner i've got no problem if you give me Rob Holding when a defender or deep-lying midfielder is looking up and looking to play a ball over his shoulder that, and we're playing a high line, I've got a problem. I don't think we're going to go to Anfield and camp on the edge of our box like we did in that League Cup game when Xhaka got sent off and we basically just said, let's just sit in. That's the sort of game where Rob Holding's absolutely fine. Sit in, compact, edge of the box, happy days. We won't do that at Anfield. and We've not done that all season season really so that's why we can't have holding anything beyond leads and so yeah worried if it's longer term my hope is that um you know two weeks and uh and Saliba can be back I may be wrong but I don't fear him going to Anfield as much as you two do and I think the reason being is sorry I just got to put my computer on charge um the reason being is I thought we actually did all right yesterday we took it all we brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I did thought right. his distribution was okay. There was one challenge that was a little bit rash. Yeah. But remember, he hasn't played for a very long time for a full match. So maybe in a few matches time, he might be better in in the less of the rashness. Um, I don't think he did too bad. But I know what you're saying. It's Crystal Palace. And obviously, Liverpool and City might be different prospects. However... He didn't concern me as much as maybe other, maybe others were concerned by him. But what I will say is, thank God we've got him because now Tommy Asu's injured. What are we going to do? Touch wood, and I'm touching wood. If Ben White gets injured, Chris, who's coming in for Ben White? I mean, 
Saliba can play, has played as a right back, but you don't really, and Arteta won't want to disturb that. I guess you could, he could move Saliba into right back and play holding in there. But again, we've got the same problems. Question marks over whether Kivior could play alongside Gabriel, although we haven't really seen it. Um, and Rob Holding was preferred yesterday, and I think he is going to be preferred to Kivior in most opportunities. So I suspect that's what we do. I mean, the only other thing you could think about but it would be a real gamble. Is Reese Nelson's played as a as a right wing back before, but he hasn't played as a right back. So, if that happens, then we're going to have some questions certainly to answer. However, what I would say is that we are only really playing once a week now. So you'd hope mm. that fatigue is going to, and therefore fatigue based muscular injury is going to be less of an issue. So that's my kind of fingers crossed. Was well, interesting. I mean, I'm putting the comments up. We're not discussing them, but we can see. Look, welcome to the show, everybody with your great comments and everybody with your other comments about the fact that there was a Crystal Palace fan with us yesterday. It's nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's just someone I know. But hey-ho. Moving on, um, Rich, the Guna holding is a bit gung-ho. I would be nervous with him against anyone half decent. We saw that with him against Haaland. So there is concern out there. I can feel it. So let, let's just go back to the game yesterday. Um, and I want to actually really focus on how absolutely magnificent Ben White was. It just was absolutely awesome yesterday. So team comes out. Obviously, um, Saliba's not in it. Holding plays, um, Cooks, you're at the ground. What was everyone's feeling about Rob Holding? Were they concerned like you or not really discussed? Um, the guy next to me was pretty calm about it, to be honest. He, he was kind of reiterating what we said earlier, that for these sort of games that we shouldn't be too worried about it. But it's just just for me, I, I, I'm getting nervous about practically every game at the minute, if Holding was starting or not. It's just we've seen so many upsets in the league this season and we've had some really tricky games uh, at home. I mean, that Bournemouth game, I mean, we did so well to win that in the end, but you're kind of hoping this could just be a really nice routine win, which it was in the end. But until you get that first goal, like you said earlier, Chris, you kind of sat there biting your nails, arms crossed, just begging the ball to go in the back of the net. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think there were too many nerves around me, but it's it's just as the game trickles on, you just want the ball to hit the back of the net. And thankfully, um, I was going to say we didn't have to wait too long, but it felt like an absolute eternity uh, for that first well, we, goal. Well, we, it's can- it was, it was uh, cancelled out, wasn't it? By VAR, uh, the Martinelli one. Yeah, no. hold on. No. What wasn't there a goal? No, they did a VAR check on the Bukayo Saka one. Um, but of course, in the stadium, you guys wouldn't have known this. But when you see the VAR, it, he's about a yard on side, so it was a bit of a weird one to even be looking at it. Well, the v, like I think it's worth talking about VAR because they checked practically every single goal oh, they, yesterday, yeah, including the Palace anyway. one. I mean, it was yeah. so hard to get uh, get excited by some of those goals because you're just kind of thinking, hmm, okay, you, could, you you see the ref go over to the players. And at that point, you know they're saying, "Hang on, guys! Like, don't don't get too carried away just yet. This is going to VAR." And as soon as you see the ref walking towards those players, you kind of know, right? Okay, don't celebrate too much. And this is <laughs> yeah. there where VAR is. I, I could see why people don't want it because it really is just killing those moments of pure passion. Um, I think I was thinking about Sporting. Didn't Martinelli score? And it was cancer. I'm unless I'm going mental. We not had a goal chalked off to VAR in the last couple of games? I can't remember. Uh, Martinelli's at Fulham. Martinelli oh, away to Fulham. It must be me. Goal. 
was Martinelli. I, I, can, I really thought well. the first goal yesterday was chalked off. However, must be thinking of another game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. I, my my prediction yesterday was three one. I wasn't that concerned, um, as we know that we've got to win these games. These are the games we've got to win because we've just got to get where we need to be now, which is what we did do. And I'm very, very happy. Obviously, we all are. Um, the first goal, Chris. Um, by the way, did you able to watch the whole game? Did you see it all? Yep. 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 Um, the first goal was just, I mean, six in six for our boy. I don't know how many they've all scored. I know there's stats flying around everywhere. I think Sacra Martinelli on the same amount. I don't know. But whatever, the best thing about this is the goals are being spread around everywhere. Even Xhaka got in on it again. So, Chris, talk, talk us through the first goal while I put some comments up. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was, it's a really interesting one because, uh, once again, Bukayo Saka, absolutely fantastic. Um, you said earlier, James, about kind of when we talked about the rotation, three key players from Thursday night rotated Erdegaard, Party, and Saka, and Saka looked absolutely on it. He was roasting, I think it was Mitchell's there, left back. He was roasting him all day. He was getting in behind with the help of Ben White, like Ben White overlapping. We were getting in behind time and time again. And so on that right-hand side, Saka picking out Martinelli with a really, really good ball. But what I loved is his turn of like his shift of body weight and pace. So he, he picks the ball up and you look, you just naturally think as a right footer, he's going to push it out to his right and then have a shot. But he kind of just drops a shoulder, takes one touch to move it to his onto his left foot, and then absolutely rifles in a shot that, you know, if he was a left-footed player, you would have said, yeah, on his stronger foot, because it just looked that good. But what's what's good about Martinelli is that we see him score goals with his right. He scores goals with his left. I mean, when he first got into the team, there was a like in the Europa Leagues all those years ago, so he was scoring as an 18-year-old with his head. He had he's not too bad with his head. So he's got all the he's got all the attributes to turn into a, a complete footballer, a complete attacking footballer, and he's on his way. I mean, you know, as a team, we're having, uh, you know, we're having a great, he's having a great season. We've got 13 goals, goal and assist contributions. Um, Martinelli has got, uh, he's got 15 this season, 13 goals, two assists. We've got Bakayo Saka on 12 goals and 10 assists. This is back to your point, Amanda, about spreading it around. Erdegaard, 16 goals and assists. Wow. Gabriel Jesus has spent a third of the season now, 10 goals and assists. So, and even Granit Xhaka, nine goals and assists. And Leandro, Leandro Trossard with his sixth assist in what, two months that he's been here? Sorry, it's can you go back to Xhaka again? How many goals nine, has he got? Nine goals and assists. So, four goals, five assists. I was going to say, I didn't you know, think he's got nine had, goals. All oh, right, I get it now. We had, yeah. We had, uh, we have four years ago, we were talking about Danny Ceballos and Granit Xhaka. Not, do, not doing a single goal and assist in an entire season. And now every single player um, in that in the front sort of five or six is is chipping in. It's amazing. So it's interesting. Welcome to the show, Barnaby Jones. You are my favourite Man United fan. Do you know that? Although I've got friends that support United. Um, you always come on to our show and it's so lovely to have you. And look at that comment. Shaka is so, so, so good. It's, it's bizarre that two years ago, not one person would have been writing that. Yet he's pivotal to everything, isn't he? Just absolutely pivotal to us. I'd hate to lose him now. I really would. Um, okay, so the first goal, Martinelli, lovely, grounded erupts, and 
really, it did go how we expected, didn't it? I mean, you get one, you know we're going to score more. Um, James, for you, was it, what was your favourite goal, actually, out of all of them? Oh, God, my favourite goal. I really liked all of them. <laughs> um, but I think uh, if you really had to press me for it, I really like the Jacko one. I just love the way he finishes it. <laughs> it's just calamitous. Um, I still don't know if he means to do it, if he falls on the floor and it just fortunately hits his boot. But uh, by the way he celebrated, I think he meant that. And it was just, yeah, a great goal. And I'm so happy for Trossard to get another assist as well. Um, but also, personally for me, because I love Kieran Tierney, um, the final goal we scored, uh, where he just put it on a plate for Saka, I can't tell you how hard it must be to keep your composure in that instance where the ball just comes straight out to him and he just doesn't even need to look at Saka to know where he is. And he just puts it across, not too much on it, not too soft. And Saka's there to lever it home. Loved that. It was just uh, one of those days where every goal we scored was of real quality. You know, they weren't tappings, they weren't scrappy goals. They were all just really well-worked, proper Arsenal goals. And they just capped off what was a great Arsenal performance. Robert Stevens agrees with you. Hi, Rob. But Tierney should get a mention as well for Saka. Great finish, great assist, which is exactly what Cookie was saying. But, you know, just going back as well, I watched a little bit of the highlights when I came in because I fell asleep last night and I just wanted to watch them again. You know, um, the save that Ramsdale made, he could have done a Martinez. He could have hit his head and gone in the goal. Where I was sitting, I was like, oh, my God, that, that split second I thought it was in. So I think luck was on our side a little bit as well. Um, also, what I what I loved was we don't just settle for one anymore, James, do we? Um, Chris, sorry, we don't we don't settle for one nil and sit back. No, and do you know what? It's because of that 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 fourth goal felt even more important to me. So when we went three, three nil up, we're cruising, happy days, and they were saying on the commentary that I was watching, the good thing about this Arsenal team is they want more, they want more, they're going for more. Brilliant. So then Crystal Palace score, and I think it was a little bit fortunate. You know, the ball drops to him, hits his kind of hits his sort of body stroke arm, falls right in front of him to then just lash it home. You know, sometimes you get those breaks. So that goes to 3-1 and my nerves immediately kicked in. And for 11 minutes, because we didn't score until the 74th minute, for 11 minutes... And there was the Palace chance that Zahar just put wide as well. You're kind of thinking, please don't let them get a second and let this get really nervous. But we score that fourth goal brilliantly. Goal. I think that was probably my favourite for the what it meant. It meant the game was over, effectively, as a contest. It meant we restore parity in terms of the goal difference. And that's going to come in, come in important because we're only two, two goals off of them now. We've scored... A goal less than them and we've conceded a goal more. So we're on plus 40 goal difference and they're on 42. So goals like that settle down the crowd from being a bit nervous to make the last 15 minutes nice and easy. It means he can bring on a few subs. It means the goal difference has remained intact despite, but despite the fact that we conceded. Like that was the perfect way to end the last sort of 15 minutes for me. And it totally relaxed me as soon as Saka swept that in from Tierney's uh, cross. Yeah, I mean, I felt relaxed most of the game. Even when it went, was it 3-1 it went, didn't it? Mm. Even when they scored, I just, I was just thinking like you, Chris, we were talking about this while we were at half-time, like the goal difference with me, Carl and my cousin. We were saying, you know, we we need to hit someone for five or six. We need to start overtaking their goal difference because 
it looks like, doesn't it, City have been galvanised by all the accusations thrown at them and it's like them against the world and they look in better and better and better. But, and I'll say this to everybody, it's in our hands, you know, it's in our hands. We can still afford to lose one and it still be in our hands. So, so the first goal, um, Martinelli, I thought was, it was, I think all the goals, as you said, were beautiful. But, and I'm going to say to everyone in the chat room, start sending us your questions. I'm going to star them and I'm going to throw them out to the boys and uh, we'll answer. You can ask us anything you want. We've got a little announcement later as well, as I said, but um, anything to do with the game yesterday. We're also going to have a little chat about Mr. Conte later as well. Have a little bit of fun. Um, ben White. Yesterday, young James. I mean, I think he's. I think he's getting better and better every game. That pass he did to Saka for Saka's goal. What I love about this team and what we're not used to is it's coming from all angles, everywhere. You can rave about Saka and Ben White, but then you're raving about Martinelli and Xhaka. You're then raving about Zinchenko and Tierney, and I think we're. We're just having a, such a fantastic time at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, and we're really coming into a point in the season where so many of our players are coming into form because it doesn't feel like too long ago that Ben White was kind of in and out of the team and Jacker wasn't really getting amongst the goals, whereas Jacker's really banging form. Now, Ben White is in the form of his life at the minute. Saka kind of had a little dry spell in the past couple of games and now, well, he's firing. Same could be said for Martinelli. Like, he, he's you know, on a new lease of life. So all of our players are coming into exceptional form at the right time. Everything is gelling beautifully and uh, it's just contributed to what is, you know, some of the best football we've seen so far this season. We just seem to be getting better and better. There is absolutely no drop-off, but Ben White uh, yesterday was just pivotal to everything good we did. Defensively fantastic and in an attacking sense, he's just one of the most intelligent footballers I've ever seen. <laughs> he's just so good at what he does. He's so clever. He just knows where Saka is going to be. Um, and it's just mental that he doesn't get in the England team. I know, obviously, there's uh, rumours of the bust-up that happened there with Steve Holland, I think it was. Um, and, you know, if that is the case, then he might be one of those great club players that never really plays a game for England. But it's a real shame that he's not going to be um, playing for the national team. Not that I'm a you know a huge, huge, huge advocate of international football. I take club football all day long. But mm. genuinely, he's one of the best defenders in the league. And he's, if not the best right-back in the league at the minute. And when you look at the likes of Harry Maguire, Gahey, who got roasted yesterday by Bukayo Saka. Um, it's just mental. You know, Eric Dyer is in that England team and Ben White is going to be sat at home. I've got no problem with it. You know, he gets a couple of weeks rest, but it's England's loss. That's what I was going to say, Chris. I agree with everything Cookie said, but I'm over the moon he's not going out with the England squad. Do you know what? I really hope I, I hope that in the next 24 hours we get a load of Bakayo Saka's, um, he's got a cold. Um, Martin Erdegaard's uh, suddenly developed a temporary bout of trench foot that's going to uh, come back uh, and be perfectly fine by the time the internationals have done. I do not, I want to see as fewer players go off with their international teams as is humanly possible. So, yeah, totally over the moon that Ben White is uh, is not going. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely are. Um, right. So, what what was the score at half-time? Was it 2-0? Two 2-0. Nil? Two nil. Yeah. No, 3-0, wasn't it? Let's talk about the third no, goal. Two. Two. I thought it was two. I thought it was two, but then you said three, and then I got confused. But anyway, I, I'm, I've had one of those days today. Not a great day at work, I'm afraid. Um, so, right, where are we? Third goal. 
Chris, what was it like watching it at home? Because I don't think I've watched a Premier League one at home yet. From the Emirates, I mean, obviously away games. But is it as tense at home or are you more relaxed or not? I'm more tense, um, especially when I've got like my dad standing around the kitchen being like, are you going to chop those potatoes or what? What time are we having dinner? And I'm like, sorry, I can't focus on prep right now when Arsenal are on TV. You're going to have to cut these baby potatoes up. But yeah, from a from a stress point of view, at 2-0, because we were controlling the game, I was kind of okay. I was feeling okay. And because we were creating chances and because Crystal Palace weren't really doing a lot, I was sort of all right. And then when I think what helps is that, you know, 10 minutes after half time, we're three nil up and the game is like, yeah, this is done. This is sorted. I think the loudest cheer probably for me was Martinelli's first goal. That's a big one. And then Bukayo Saka's fourth goal, the fourth goal, because, as I said earlier, restored kind of that parity in terms of the lead. The other two goals were kind of like, yes, get in there. But those two, those are the big ones for me. It's lovely when Jacker does his goal when he goes like that because that's to his daughter and I just think that is so sweet. She was in the box yesterday. Um, so generally overall, I mean, obviously 3-1. I mean, I haven't really seen who's to blame really for the for their goal. Cooks, you got any thoughts on it? Um, I think Ben White misjudges the flight of the ball and that's probably about it. And then it's just kind of chaos in the box. It just seems to be, there's no point looking at individuals really because it seems to be a collective thing from set pieces. Don't know why it's becoming such an issue of recent, uh, recent times. We just seem to be conceding from, you know, practically a corner a game at the moment. Um, why that is, I couldn't put my finger on it. I really, really can't. We just seem to be incapable of uh, keeping a clean sheet when the opposition has several set pieces. So it's got to be something that we cut out because when we come up against teams like um, Liverpool, City, players that, you know, teams that have got big plays in the boxes, um, it's always going to be a threat whilst it is such a hindrance to us. So hopefully over the international break, it's something that we can focus on, knuckle down on and... um, We've got all of our, practically all of our defensive cohort staying uh, back at uh, London Corny. So we should really knuckle down on working on it in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully it'll be something that we're not talking about too much in the future. Have you noticed Ben White holding the goalkeeper on corners? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you noticed that now? Obviously a new little tactic. Um, You know, it, it, it is interesting. And I was listening to Arteta as well that... All he focuses on is energy and discipline. And, you know, he just, he, he's, they're trying to gear him towards saying, will he win the league? What's, what's, he's not interested. He goes, next game. We just focus on the next game. I mean, to have, I, I just love everything about Arteta, his management. I love all the fans. I might not like a drum, but I like all the fans. I love all the, the atmosphere is incredible. It's all building. We do have, 10 cup finals to go don't we Chris and I think yeah. at each one it, it's weird now I'm very positive when I leave games hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm positive all week. Um, I think me and Jobo were talking about this. And then it gets to the Saturday and I'm like, I fall into pieces. I'm like, I... I, I I remember talking outside to a couple of, uh, oh, inside in the concourse, actually, to a couple of young guys. And I remember saying, they're going, what do you reckon? I said, well, I've predicted 3-1, but it could be one of those days. It just could be one of those days where we could lose this. And he's like, like calm down. I said, I, I don't know what it is. I, I, you know, we are playing so well. And every week that, that fear goes. But then it comes back again with an absolute roaring train, Chris. Yeah, what is it they call it? It's the seven. You get like the seven stages of grief or something. There must be like an, an Arsenal football equivalent one to do with when the stress levels get uh, get this high. Do you know what? I'm exactly the same. So let me. T- I'll talk you just very quickly through my previous seven days. So, or well, from the Fulham game. So we beat Fulham, and I'm properly rocking after that because I yeah. immediately, unlike you, what I do is I project forward. So I think there was a question which we could probably come to later on. We do the questions bit in which I'm already looking at, right, well, we've got Crystal Palace next weekend and then we've got Leeds. Can I just say, this is Joe who's, look, look what she's saying. My nerves have taken over. I'm so stressed. Me and Joe talk about this on Twitter that we, uh, like we're on the train and then we get stressed again. And is that what you're experiencing as well? Yeah. So, so Post Fulham game, I'm euphoric and thinking, right, well, we'll beat Crystal Palace and then we'll beat Leeds. And then we've got um, Liverpool over the, you know, if we can get a draw against that. And suddenly I'm thinking this this might be on. So that then carries me through to probably Monday and Tuesday. By the time I get to Wednesday, you're starting to look forward to the Palace game. And then you're starting to look at all of the detail. This is what I do. I start to look at all of the details behind this. And then by the time I get to the Friday, I'm terrified of Crystal Palace, who have sacked their manager, who have got a couple of injuries, who are in a dreadful run of form. And by all rights, you should be sat there thinking, this is going to be an absolute walk in the park. But we've been scarred as Arsenal fans far too many times. Heck, even the last home game that we had before that, we were almost scarred because Bournemouth, who were on a terrible run and bottom of the league, decided to have the audacity to score against us within the first seven seconds. So we've we've had this. This is we've got we we bear the scars. We've got the uh, battle. We've been we've been battle hard. You'd like to think we've been battle hardened, but it hasn't. It's just made us more nervous. So I'm exactly with you, Amanda. And then I'm thinking now at the moment we've got an international break. We've got Leeds week after next. I would beat Leeds. I tell you what, by the time we get to Wednesday before the Leeds game, my when you read, if anyone anyone bothers to read my blogs, my tone of voice will shift very gradually, very, very differently between Wednesday and that Saturday to the point where on Saturday morning, I'm basically saying, well, you know, Leeds have got this going for them and they've got that going for them and this going for them. I'm terrible. It, it, it's, look at this, Cooks. It is so true. I celebrate the final whistle, but for the next time I'm joining the next game, it was easy when we were rubbish. And and I, I so get what Joe means. If you don't know Joe, you've got to go and follow her on Twitter. Giovanni, oh, Joe, put your Twitter name up. I can't remember because she's. it's so true how we feel. We are not used to this. I've seen us win the title, right? So I don't know how many times I've seen us win the title. 
maybe six times. I've seen us win FA Cups. I've seen us win the League Cup. Um, I saw us winning Copenhagen. I wasn't there, but obviously I was watching that. I've been there, seen it, done it. I went to the Champions League final when we lost and was devastated. Yet this feels, this feels on par with possibly what happened at Anfield in 89. I don't know yet. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't think I could take it. It was bad enough when I was nearly 19 behind the goal in Anfield. <laughs> and I 100% said to my dad, let's leave. He joked about it with me this week. Um, I, I'm not sure, Cooks, I'll be able to take it at my age now. I'm over 50. The fact that if this goes to the wire... Where is it going to go to the wire? Is it going to be Forest away? Is it going to be our last game? I mean, if if it goes to the last game, for some reason we drop points, City keep winning, you're going to have a completely full Emirates and thousands and thousands outside. You that That's exactly what's going to happen. I, I just don't know. I'm very excited and I'm loving the fact that we're playing teams that are not City and Liverpool and Newcastle. But it's going to come that we're going to get worse, aren't we? More nervous. Yeah, definitely. And it, it doesn't help that I think out of the remaining fixtures that we've got, we lost something like five of them last season. So um, best not to think about that. Obviously, we, we've gotten a lot better in the teams we're coming up against. Some of them have definitely regressed. Uh, I mean, you know, going to Anfield is never an easy game. And when you look at, you know, how many they put past United, that kind of puts the fear of hell into you. But um, when you break it down, they had... Uh, something like eight shots in that game, scored seven. If we just play our game, um, we shouldn't be too worried going into those matches. I mean, Newcastle, we know that's going to be tough. Uh, you know, Chelsea at home, that's that, given how dreadful they've been this season, you'd think that would be a foregone conclusion, but absolutely no way would that be a walk in the park. So, yeah, there's a lot to be a lot to be nervous about this season, even going to places like Forest away petrified like I'm really not sure what to expect from these guys but like you were saying I kind of I, I would like it to go down to the wire in the event that we win can you imagine being oh. one point ahead of City on the final day and we beat Wolves at home the scenes there would be it would be mental That's what I'm saying, but there'll be yeah. thousands outside there would be it would I, I can't I can't do it I just don't <laughs> think I can cope because well, you know that's one of the questions that we've had. Can we let's we might as well do it because we've Should sort we of start been doing questions. Karen, Just... Karen said, uh, Karen Russell said, how many points do you think we're going to finish on, James? Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Oh, god, how many points are we going to finish on? Um, I'm going to say 91. Do you want me to read out the fixtures? No, no, 91. That's no, what I'm going for. don't read. The, I don't want to know <laughs> what are we on at the moment. 66 or something, 69. 69. 69. That's my birth year, 69. How lucky. Oh, no. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You go, Chris. Right. So my hope, if we is if we can win all of our home, we've got, we got um, four home games. No, sorry, five home games, five away games, I think. Um, my hope is that we win all five of the home games. That's 15 points. My hope then is if we can beat West Ham away, Forest away, get a draw against Newcastle, I think, if my maths is right, and we won all of our home ones, uh, yeah, Forest, Newcastle, West Ham, I think we can get 91, 92. I, I'm not sure whether City 
are going to get that. I don't feel. I feel like I've absolutely jinxed us. So I've just cost us the title. Have you seen City's uh, final game? On the I'm final so game. triggered as well, Joe. Yeah. I'm so triggered. Stop it, you two. I can't do this with you. Can we just? Right, let's move on. Let's just move on. I've got other questions as well. And also, please, everyone, because I forgot to say this, please like and subscribe. It really means a lot to us. And please leave your comments in the YouTube box as well of what you do enjoy, what you don't enjoy, what you'd like to see more of. We're open to all. Um, all suggestions right i'm gonna yeah. go, just like go what you're gonna do when what how you're gonna celebrate us winning the league by a one point on the final uh, day which is what james has just said no i've got to stop this stop well, right enough okay enough enough i'm putting my foot down simon lester says white was man of the match yesterday and his relationship with saka is now fantastic don't really want him being moved because someone mentioned about saka being moved maybe so, didn't he play left back? Do you remember that when he played mm-hmm. left back? Yeah, he's played everywhere for us, hasn't he? Um, it was just talking about Ben White, really, this little bit. Uh, Carl, um, sorry, Simon. Um, Carl Stark, Ben White, Sacra and Erdegaard working together on the right is fantastic. We haven't even mentioned Erdegaard. I thought he was absolutely superb yesterday, to be fair. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, Thank you for your questions. Right. Um, David Ziegler. Hi, David. Anyone else concerned that ESR doesn't seem to get much of a look since returning? Good question. I I think ever since he's come back, he's not quite looked at the level, if I'm being totally honest. And I love Smith Rowe, but I just thought um, when he played the game against Bournemouth, I know he got the assist for the party goal and credit to him for that, but... I just didn't think he looked quite in place with the rest of the team. Um, I, I think we've kind of got to treat the rest of this season for him as kind of a get up to speed, get fully fit. And if he can put in some elite performances in April and May, that'd be great. I just don't see it coming just yet. And with the Europa League, he's going to get even fewer minutes. But um, yeah, I wish him all the best. I really hope he does get some more time this season. But I think he's got to really focus on getting as fit as he possibly can do for the start of next season. Yeah, I think that he's got a bit of a challenge on his hands because I think Arteta once or twice has mentioned, again, as uh, Sultan's just said, I think Arteta doesn't think he's um, yeah he's fit enough. And I think Arteta might even, maybe in privately, starting to lose patience. If you think about what happened with with our two fullbacks, our two first, first team fullbacks from last season, Tierney and Tomiyasu, both injury prone and Arteta has just been ruthless and said, right, I'm going to get Zinchenko in and he's now playing and Ben White, we're adapting you as a right back. I actually wonder if Smith Rowe's time, unless he can find fitness and Arteta's mentioned, he's got to be fit. Unless he can find that, I worry that he hasn't got a long-term future. And I really hope that's not the case because he's technically a brilliant footballer. You know, the way he runs with the ball at his feet, the way he can be a man, he's, he's, he's got goals in him. You know, we need a fully fit Emil Smith-Rowe. As you said, James, I'm not sure I'm going to get that this season. So then it's about, can he make an impact with his cameos? Okay, so Robert Stevens, me and a friend of mine were having a conversation about this team and we believe it's a lot similar to the Arsenal Invincibles with the style and flair and player attributes. What's your opinion, Chris? Uh, I've spoken to a few people about this. And they actually liken it more to um, maybe it's more the situation, but they liken it more to the George Graham side that he, he first brought in. You know, he, he, Arteta's he's binned off a load of older players that were stars. He's brought in younger players. That's a mixture of the, the academy and young players that we've brought in. He's gone for that English core. 
Uh, he's set up an identity and he's got an absolutely no-nonsense winning attitude instilled in them. I feel like the Invincibles were just a Rolls Royce, uh, whereas this is still a team that's got to get to that level. Um, and so that's why I kind of agree when I see the comparisons with the early George Graham era team. Um, and hopefully they can go on to achieve similar levels of, uh, of success. Yeah, I agree. It's more George Graham. That's why I mentioned 89. I think just um, on that quickly, though, I, I think we're just one point off the Invincible season which when you think about it is mental when you look at the two teams side by side, when you look at our Invincibles team that had Vieira, Henri, Pires, Lundberg, Campbell, like a really mature team. And we've got the second youngest team in the league. Like it's, it's not bad going. I'm just looking through questions. We've got so many different. Um, Rich says the week we play City, we have five days to prepare whilst they have the FA Cup and Bayern. It's going to sort of help there. People are asking if, so David's saying we're going to win it at City and we're going to win at City in late April and clinch it maybe two weeks later. I love that optimism. I'll have some of <laughs> I'd that. I love a win at City. We love David. David's in the States and he's a massive gooner. Um, we're going to talk about content in a minute. I've got that. I've got a few on that. Anyone got any answers to this? Who is the next howling kid to break through? To Charlie Patino. Charlie Patino. Uh, Cozier Dubry. Mm. Oh. Why? Just out of interest. I just think his profile is fantastic. Uh, I've seen some of the clips of him. He just really reminds me of uh, Saka, just so powerful when he's running and everything. Um, I know he's not really had much of a sniff at the first team, but I think next season he'll get opportunities. And, and you know, Walters is doing the shout as well. I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, if we do get an injury to Ben White, I really wouldn't be surprised if Raul Walters was put in there. Interesting. I mean, he, he kind of got featured, didn't he, right at the beginning of the pre-season. last preseason. I think the thing, the only thing about um, uh, what's his name, Cozia Dubery, for me, is that the position that he plays means it's going to be very, very difficult for him to break through because you've got because he plays like left and right, doesn't he, or mainly on that yeah, right. But, but if Nelson up, goes, which era. I think he will. Yeah, possibly. Um, the reason I said Patino is because he's kind of fa he's fashioned himself a position in that deep lying midfielder that he's doing really, really well. But I guess, I mean, this will be one for the summer, probably more than now. But I guess if we really do go hard after Declan Rice, then that'll just be party, right? It'll be another two players in, in his way. So it's going to be really difficult for young players to break through, young Haylinders to break through. Because when you've got a team that's at the top, like the elite teams that are right at the top, as we are at the moment, it's really, really hard to be able to just play younger players. When we brought through the likes of Smith Rowe and Nelson was playing a little bit when he was fit, but, um, you know, Saka, Martinelli, they all got chances because we weren't that great. And we just, and he, and he had to do a few, Arteta had to do a few Hail Marys and it, it paid off for him. I don't think those players coming through get the same chances when you're playing for a title because you've got to have that experience. So I think it's going to be tough. Okay. Simon Lester, where do we think City are dropping points? I still think we need them to give us a little bit of help. I don't know their fixtures. I really Can don't. Can read out? Yeah, go on. So their next game is at home to Liverpool. They then play away to Southampton. They'll beat Southampton. Um, Sorry, they do they then play, play Liverpool the, the first uh, after, when we play yeah, Leeds? so when we play Leeds, they they play at lunchtime kickoff and then at 3pm um, we're up against Leeds. They play Southampton right. at home. Sorry, can I just play... interrupt? Are they playing at Anfield? 
Yes. No, no, they, no. So, sorry, Etihad. It's at Etihad. Oh, they don't win at Anfield. But go on, yeah. yeah. But they win at home. So, Liverpool at home, Southampton away, Leicester at home, uh, Brighton away, Arsenal at home, Fulham away, Leeds at home, Everton away, mm. Chelsea at home, Brentford away is their final game of the season. So where are they dropping points there? Uh, my gut feel, what do you reckon, Cookie? Because I think if they're going to drop points, it may be against Liverpool. I've got a feeling maybe at Brighton, maybe at Fulham, and maybe at Brentford, but none of the other games. You I don't know, even think they'll drop points against us because they always beat us. I, I think Brighton is definitely a tough one. Um, I mean, we were lucky to win that 4-2, but they gave us a really, really tough game that day. And they've given so many teams a tough game. If they you know, have McAllister and Caicedo and everyone fit. I think that would be a tough ask for City. Fulham, um, you know, we we made it look easy, but obviously they were missing Paulinho. So if he's in the team and Fulham are fully fit, that would be a tough one. Brentford, I really don't think that would be easy. And that's why I'm so excited for the final day, potentially, because that is a um, that is not an easy place to go on if the uh, title is on the line. But, you know, the home game against us, uh, if we went there and got a result, that would be fantastic. And if we do go there with Jesus, Partey, the team fully firing with everyone fit. Doesn't matter if it's at the Etihad. I mean, they've got next to no atmosphere there. So I'm I'm pretty confident if everyone's fit, we we can we can do a job. Okay. Um, interesting question, Barnaby. If United win a cup travel, which manager has had the best season, Ten Hag or Arteta? And he means if we win the league. Okay. So they win the cup treble. Ten Hag for manager of the season, or if Arteta wins the league, Arteta for manager of the season. Go on, Chris. I can see you doing that. Uh, absolutely no chance that it should not be given to Arteta. If you think about where Arsenal were, people were... I saw so many pundits saying we wouldn't even finish in the top four. But Man United spent an absolute fortune. They did. They, sorry, Barnaby. They, they did spend a fortune. The expectations were United would be up there challenging from neutrals that I saw. They're certainly in there for the top four. Um, the League Cup, um, the Europa League, I mean, the FA Cup, meh, sort of, I guess. I still think Man City will probably win that. And then you've got the Europa League. You know, you can't class that as a premier, a, a proper, the top level of competition. So from where Arsenal's expectations were to where they are now in terms of us competing and for the ultimate prize that we are going for, it is much harder to win the Premier League. And as Avon has said, 100%, it's harder to win the Premier League than the Champions League because you can only, you can have a nice run of, you know, just, you know, catching teams on a good day in the in the Champions League. You can't do that in the Premier League. You have to show consistency over 38 games. Yeah. And if you look at United's run to the Carabao Cup final, I mean, the, the, the teams they played, all at home as well. The FA Cup, all at home as well. Um, you know, if they win the Europa League, kudos to them. But, um, I mean, they're, they're in danger of getting dragged into a top four battle, to be honest. So, um, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how the end of the season plays out. If they win a, a cup treble, good on them. But we all know that the Premier League is the toughest thing to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Carl Stark. Question, who makes top four this season? You go first, Cooks. So, us, City. Um, who's in third? I've completely forgotten. United. It's United, isn't it? Uh, I do think United will get it. Um, and um, I'm going to say Newcastle. Mm. 
No, I've gone the same three, but I've gone Liverpool. I think Liverpool too. I Sorry, think... you cut out then, Chris. What did you say? Yeah, I think Liverpool too. Right. My gut feel, like we always lose at Liverpool, which is why I'm like, we need to win all of our home games and win all of the other away games because we always lose at Liverpool and we always lose at City. So if, if those are the two games we lose, but we win everything else, I think we end up being champions. But that's going to be that's one hell of a difficult feat. I think Liverpool, despite the Bournemouth setback, I still think they're going to do it. I still think they've got enough. You know, they're on, they are, they're five points off of Newcastle in fifth. And they're, what is it, seven points off of Tottenham. But Tottenham have played two games more. They are, yeah, I think Liverpool have got enough in them to pick up enough wins because Tottenham feel like they're going to be in free fall with Conte going mental. Um, Newcastle, are just, I'm not sure that they've got enough left in the tank. So I think it'll be Liverpool. Okay. Um, let's just talk about, because a few people have been mentioning this, uh, Conte. <laughs> I'm sorry. He takes no responsibility for anything. He has thrown his players and the club under the bus. He has done the most Spursy thing, Cooks, that has ever come out in the media. And it is the best thing ever. And yet there is a meme that I even posted that he told Arteta to calm down last year and stop moaning. Just get on with the game were his famous words. What did you make of this? Because, I mean, Rich Laguna said that Conte interview was insane, totally mugged his club off, club off so spursy. Simon Lesser said, do you remember some of our fans clambering for Conte? Do you remember that? So what did you make of it? Utterly fantastic. Beautiful to see. I mean, I've, I've watched that press conference a couple of times and obviously you don't want to get too drawn into what Spurs are doing, but it's just... Never seen anything like it, like the, the way he laid into his team. Um, it's just, yeah, like you said, it's the most Spursy thing ever. And uh, what's even more Spursy is them not taking the decision to sack him because they just look like absolute idiots at the minute. I mean, he's called yeah. out Daniel Levy. You don't do that. You can't You can't do that and survive your job. Do you think um, he wants out? Do you think he oh wants God, to be yeah. sacked? I think yeah. he has done for a while. If you go, go back to his press conferences earlier on in the season, and some of the ones he was having last season as well, it almost felt like when things weren't going his way, he wanted out. But I tell you what, there are a lot of his players in that Spurs team. So it's not like he can kind of point the finger entirely at everyone else because he he is playing a part in this Spurs downfall. And God forbid we'd got him because I really rated him for what he'd done with Inter. But the problem with Spurs is it's always short-termism, 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 whether it's getting Mourinho in. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know they're, their prodigy essentially was Pochettino and they got rid of him. And since then, it's just been up and down, up and down, up and down. And fair enough, they they beat us 3-0 last season. They got top four, but in the grand scheme of things, what, what has that actually meant when you look at where the clubs are 12 months on from, from that game? So, yeah, it's uh, oh, it's fantastic. I think it's true what Phil Macker said. Conte wants to be sacked for his payoff. No one ever resigns anymore, don't you? Do you, know, do you, know, do you know what's weird about that, though? His contract's up in the summer. So he's only a few months away from, like, oh. if he gets sacked now, then they don't really have to pay him that much. They'll have to pay him a few months of his wages. So it's not like he'd be massively expensive. I don't think, I mean, I don't know, the, I don't know the inner workings of how their contractual situation works, but I, I find that a bit weird that, you know, he won't be that expensive. It's not like he's got a four-year deal and they'll have to pay him up with his four-year deal to sack him. Um, 
I just it it just makes you smile because you know that um meme of I think it's Wario where it's like I uh I've won but at what cost that is just going through my head again and again and again last season um I've told the story on here before but I'm gonna do it again I'm I cannot wait until hopefully it happens but um once we hopefully they won't finish in top four because my mate last summer Tottenham van turned up at my house with a big with a big grin and a Spurs shirt on. And when I said, how you doing? He went, I'm all right, mate. Champions League. And literally for the whole afternoon, yeah. he went, Champions League, Champions League. I just, I really hope, like, they all thought they had it. They thought they'd cracked it. And now, Tottenham, we've won the transfer window. I mean, where are you? Oh, it's delicious. It is. It is. It is absolutely superb. And they are, they're in free fall. They really are. It's just fantastic. I don't think we've ever had a manager that does it to us. I mean, what what is so incredible is, will you remember the scenes last season when they beat us, Rob Holding as a mayor, Son elbows him, Rob Holding goes from, he gets sent off, we lose because we've got injuries, we don't hit the top four. They, have, As you said, people choose going, what are you doing uh, Tuesday night? Oh, sorry, you're busy, aren't you, watching Coronation Street? You'll be on Thursday nights. And I'm like, I'm all right with the Europa League. We're not ready for the Champions League. Perfectly happy, thank you very much. So Tottenham fans never really get to me. And going on about their transfer window, winning it and and everything – They'll never learn, Chris. I've been brought up with Spurs fans all my life where I live. I've got many Spurs fans in my life. They just never learn. They think they're bigger than they are. They're delusional. We had this chat in the in the car yesterday. We, we bought a Palace fan. She had a ticket for the match. And she just didn't get it. And we're all saying the same thing. They're delusional. They think they are a big, big club. They really aren't. And that has just proved it. I mean, I'd want my manager out. If he did that to my club, I'd want him out. But yet, we've not really seen anything, have we, in the media? Nothing at all. But anyway, I hope he stays. <laughs> so I just think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, right, I've kept these two to last. Let's go with David Keith's first. Who would you nominate for Arsenal Player of the Year and why do you not think we can play KT and Zinchenko on the same pitch, Cookie? Player of the Year, Saka. Um, it's, it's not an easy one, to be honest, because there's so many players in this team that you could pick. I think Erdegaard's a really strong contender. But for me, for the player he is and for the person he is, not that Erdegaard's not a nice person, but for me, it's, it's Saka all day long. I think he's the perfect embodiment of what it means to be an Arsenal player and an Arsenal man so um, it's got to be him for me and on the second part of that I do think you can play him on the same pitch um, but I think that would involve Zinchenko playing in, in a midfield role and Tierney playing at left back I don't think you're going to see Zinchenko playing at right back I know that's something that people have been throwing around and playing around with but uh, I just I don't see that happening Christopher uh, well Sacco is it's difficult to look beyond him, but for just the uh, purposes of um, light-hearted debate, it's obviously Mark, Martin Odegaard. <laughs> I'm always going to say Martin Odegaard, aren't I? Come on. I mean, the way that he moves, the way that his, he, his ability to change his body position, the goals, everything runs, everything flows through our, our team. He's the lifeblood of our team. And when he's in the side, I instantly feel better. So for me, it is Martin Odegaard. 
Um, you're getting Erdegaard in the chat as well. My it's boy. Very, it's very tight, Chris. For me, it has to be Saka. I, you, it's tough. It really is tough because then I'm looking at Saliba and I'm looking at Thomas Partey and I'm looking at Ben White and I'm just looking. But for me, for continuity, Saka has had two quiet games the whole season. Erdegaard's had a couple more maybe. So, yeah, for me, it has to be Saka. So the last question and then um, we'll go into any other business. I'm not going to answer this. I'm no, just no, not. No, I'm not answering it. But people in the chat, you can answer it if you want. Carl Stark, always with the questions he knows I'm not going to answer. Are we going to win the league? I think, I think you want to have a word with that, that boy uh, when the uh, podcast is finished. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm not answering that question. No, not no way. Come back to me after. If we've won every single game and we beat Liverpool, I might start to be thinking, hmm. Maybe we've got a chance. <laughs> Joe's not listening. It. <laughs> no. It, it, and you know what's hilarious is that when you talk to City fans, they straight away go, yeah, yeah, you're going to collapse. We're going to win it. We are such a different animal to them. I, we really are. Although, so look, the United fans says no Arsenal will finish second by one point. I won't be able to cope with that because then I'll be looking at every single game that VAR have messed us up or we've missed a chance, or it was a draw and it shouldn't have been. Tracy thinks, yes, um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yes, for me, look at these with the Arsenal fans coming in. Yeah, we're not cowards. I'm just not answering it, Carl. Um, I think if City drop points again and we continue to win, then I'll I'll be able to... If, if we happened? go eight points clear... We are eight points clear, but what uh, But when... You know, you know what I mean. Without a game well, in hand. They, okay, but what happens if we beat Leeds and they go to Liverpool and lose? We're 11 points clear. What's happening? Are we starting to think, I know they still have a game in hand. <laughs> I know that. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I tell you what I am going to do. I am going to look at the fixtures. I've not done this, but I'm going to look at the fixtures and have a think when I think I'll possibly start to believe. But uh, anyway, it is. And I agree, Georgie. It's too early to say. Far too right. early. There's 30 points to play for. It's not like there's like four games left and we're looking at 12 points or something. We've got some tough games coming up. But whatever, and I always say this, enjoy every moment. I know I, I said it's like a bit hypocritical. I am enjoying it, even though I'm scared. I am enjoying it. Um, <laughs> hit that like button if you think Amanda, Chris and James deserve splinters for sitting on the fence. It's so unfair. So unfair. Um and then we've got, that's it for questions. I, I, honestly, thanks to everyone. We've gone over an hour and 10 minutes. Please press the like button and please subscribe. And I just want to tell you about an upcoming show. So I've had quite a few um, fans say to me they'd love to come on, Arsenal fans come on, on the show. And we've never really got round to doing it. But because there's a, an interdoll this weekend... Thursday night, I'm hosting, because the boys are busy, um, some fans around the world, okay? So I asked people to email the same old Arsenal, same old Arsenal at gmail.com if you want to come on. I've had some brilliant responses. So please come and join us on Thursday evening at eight o'clock. We're going to be finding out their stories from all over the globe, I promise you, from home all the way down to Australia and New Zealand by the looks of it. 
Um, and is and if you would like to come on and be considered, I can only have about four or five, but I'm going to pick them out and hopefully have some fantastic fans that have never been on podcasts before, or if they've been on one occasionally, that's that's all cool. Um, really, really appreciate everybody in the chat room tonight. Thank you for your questions. So as I said, I alluded to at the beginning, we have got a little announcement. Um, so as most of you know, this, this was Craig's channel when he asked me to come on um, December a year ago. And I started my first show mid-January last year and virtually gone every week bar from being away for a couple of weeks. And I, I love Craig. I love Craig coming on, but he's got no time. And he decided to hand the channel over to myself, um, James and Chris. So from now on, this is our channel. And I would personally love to thank Craig for everything he's done. He's been an amazing um, person to let me have my platform here because he never interfered. He never said I couldn't do a show. He just went, you're good enough, go and do it. I never had that confidence in myself, to be honest. So this is our channel now. And we, we're very thankful for you joining us every week. We have our regulars. We're getting new people every week. Please spread the word. We will still be doing our post-game shows every Sunday night around half seven. We'll be doing other shows. I will be doing, um, I do my interviews. The boys will as well. We might be doing some tactical shows, which I won't be involved in, or transfer shows. But this is, um, we're still going to be called the same old Arsenal. But big thanks to Craig. And as I can see, um, people love him and I did but he just hasn't got the time so he was a top bloke um, thank you Amanda, Chris and James are the same old Arsenal we are and we look forward to chatting to you week after week after week and I would personally like to thank Carl Stark for everything he's done behind the scenes because we wouldn't be at this point if it wasn't for him with everything he's done IT wise um, honestly, hours and hours of work. Please go and follow Facebook um, as well because we've really put a lot of content on there. Same old Arsenal on Twitter. Same old Arsenal on Instagram as well. There's lots more new content coming. Um, no, Phil, it was never my channel, um, but thank you very much. Um, let's just put some comments up. One of the few pods I bother with, always great, always Arsenal. Fiona said, well done, guys. Best podcast boss best podcast by Mars thank you Fiona I love chatting with you on Twitter yes big up Carl Steph is my Guna girl that I always have a picture with um muzzle top thank you my lovely um I have to tell a little uh, thing I did tell her yesterday and she hasn't told anyone um Yes, Karen, I'll end it on that. Here's to the future for the same old Arsenal, the best podcast ever. Oh, also, Nigel. Sorry, I must end it there. Nigel is our moderator. So anyone that causes any grief, he starts. Great show yet again. Great comments in the chat. See you all again after the international break. Up the Arsenal. Always Arsenal. Bye, everyone. I follow you all on social media. That's what we're trying to build here, a community of people that... Um, are just happy to talk football. We don't shout and scream at each other. We might not always agree, but that's absolutely fine. However, thanks to everybody. We really, really appreciate it. Boys, have you got anything left that you want to say? Nothing from me. No, just thank you to Craig for, for handing the channel over. Obviously, lots to uh, lots to look forward to 
and um, yeah, just excited to be part of it. Absolutely. And thanks to all you guys, because we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for you lot. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you. Please come and join us Thursday night, eight o'clock. If you want to come and join and uh, participate, uh, please email us. Same old arsenal at gmail.com. We look forward to having many more shows with you. It's 10 cup finals to go, people. 10 more to go. This is us saying good night before the interdoll. I'll be back Thursday night. We'll see you all soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.